Well, Happy New Year, Vintage Church. I'm so glad. I didn't, I didn't know how many people were going to get up after a long night and come, but this is exciting. I'm so, how many of you like the 11 o'clock, like you got to sleep in a little bit? Uh, yeah, okay. So I expect to see more of you next week at 11 o'clock. Uh, we'll see how our 930 folks do. But my name is Keegan. I am the pastor here at this location. Uh, I'm excited for this year. How many of you are excited that 2022 is done? We put a bow on it, and now we're stepping into a fresh new year. Come on, that should be exciting. Uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet, I would love to get to meet you. I'll be right out in the commons by our guest suite right after the service. And uh, let's make that happen. Just come over and, and uh, tell me your name. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I'd love to get to know you a little bit. I do want to, before we dive into the message this morning, um, talk to you about these uh, cards that you had. They're invite cards that we put on your seat. Uh, I'm really excited. I know Pastor Stephen, Pastor Nathan as well are really excited about this series the Everyday Disciple. I really believe if you'll commit to those, first, uh, those next three weeks, um, this will change not only the course of this year, but really the rest of your life. Um, there's a lot of series that we do that, that, are, that, that obviously help you in many different aspects of your life, but there are some that even beyond that can really, like I said, change and set the direction for your life. And this is going to be one of those series. So it's going to be a great way to start this new year. Um, and take this card and, and share it with somebody. Invite somebody to church next week that you know this would really help them as well. Um, and then I also want to tell all of our married folks about a special retreat we have coming up uh, February 24th and 25th. It's called Away Together, and this is going to be taking place, it's, uh, I believe, two days, uh, and you can stay a third night if you want. It's going to be at the Sheraton Hotel in Georgetown. It's going to be a great time. We've got some, uh, the, the pastors that actually married Pastor Nathan and his wife Ashley are, are flying in from California. They're going to be with us for that. It's going to be a great time. Um, there is a cost to it, so I'm going to ask you to go and and, and register for that. I think you just have to make uh, at least the first of the three uh, payments on that. I think it's about $330, so three payments of $110 um, if you're trying to budget that out. Uh, but there's only room for like 60 people. So uh, it is something that if you want to do it, you know, you want to get in there and register and, and, and get that done so you get your seat. Um, other than that, who's ready to dive into this message this morning? I, uh, we're wrapping up. Yeah, tis the season. How many of you truly did thrive through the season uh, the holidays instead of just survive this year. Anybody? Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. That was kind of the goal of that series, right? Set you up to just be able to not just struggle and, 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 and get through it, but to really uh, glide through it and thrive. And so I'm glad. Uh, but we're wrapping up today. And as I was praying about what to talk about on this first Sunday of the new year, I had a couple different thoughts. I thought, well, it's always great to talk about having a fresh start and what it means to be made new in Christ, right? That's a great thing for Christians to fully know and understand, but, but I didn't really feel like that was the message for today. And then I thought about, well, maybe talking about following Christ and, and the cost of discipleship, because again, that's another great thing as Christians we need to really understand if we're going to live this life the way God has want, wants us to do it. And so um, I almost went with that, but then God, as I began to just pray some more and think through it, he really put this on my heart, this idea of remembering the things that God says to remember. It's, we need to remember the things that God says we need to remember to live an effective life. And so I titled this series, Don't Forget. How many of you have heard somebody say that to you in life? Right? Don't forget your keys. Don't forget your lunch. Don't forget. People say that to us all the time. Right? Because they want us to remember something important. Right? You don't say that about things that don't really matter, that it's okay to forget. You say that about things that is essential or sometimes even vital. Don't forget to hit the brakes when you're coming up at the red light. 
You know what I mean? Uh, and so today, that's what we're going to talk about. Don't forget six things we must remember. If you're taking notes, uh, you can take notes on the app, or we have the handout there in your, in your worship guide that you got when you came in this morning. But here's the thing. Before we get into what we need to remember, I do want you to know it is okay to forget some things. And so lots of times, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about things we need to remember and things we need to forget. And Paul, in Philippians 3, 13 through 14, he, ta- he says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal uh, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. In church, a lot of times we love to talk about forgetting things, right? We want to forget about our sins, forget about our past, forget about our failures, our mistakes, all the negative things. How many of you are with me, right? You just want to forget about those things. Why? Because they hold us back. And see, Paul knew that the only way we can go after what God has got in front of us is if we let go and forget about what's behind us, right? There's a lot of people stuck that can't move forward because they can't let go of yesterday, right? God challenged me with this even in the last 24 hours. I'm a Michigan Wolverines football fan. Tommy and Brittany are, are diehard TCU Horn Frog fans. And, and my guys got beat. They got beat. And how many of you know? I could carry that in today and be all depressed and all mopey. But we've learned in this series that my joy doesn't come from the Michigan Wolverines winning football games. Thank the Lord. And I also know how to put some things in the past and let go, right? That was last year. That don't even matter anymore. That was last year. Amen. That's right. So you got to be able to move forward. I'm feeling good this morning. We're going to have some fun. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from a gentleman named Samuel Johnson. I believe he was a pastor. And he says this, that people need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. See, most of us don't have a lack of new information problem. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we're really ignorant of things, ignorant of God's ways and ignorant of what he tells us to do and how to live our life. But a lot of time, most of us, we kind of know better, right? We kind of know the things that we should be doing. And so oftentimes what we really need is to remember, not just look for some new option or some new information. And so I want to talk about six things that as we read through scripture, God shows us that are important for us to remember. And the first one is actually not a thing at all. It's God himself. Come on, God himself. How many of you know, if, if we forget God, nothing else matters. Everything that we're doing, everything that we're about, everything that we're building, trying to achieve, none of it matters if we forget about God. I love Moses. You remember Moses said, when, when God was talking about taking the Israelites into the promised land, and Moses said, listen, I don't even want to go and get the promise that you gave me if you're not going to go with me. Moses knew that the promise wouldn't even matter. It wouldn't even be fulfilling. It wouldn't be what it was supposed to be apart from God being there with them. In 2023, don't forget God. How many of us throughout our day even even take time to think about him? And here's the other thing. Don't just think about the fact that he exists. We need to think about what we think about him. And here's what I mean by that. A.W. Tozer said this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. See, Tozer knew that what we actually think about God, not just the fact that he exists, determines how we relate to God, how we respond to God, how we receive, right? If we understand that God is, is our heavenly father, 
who's deeply interested in our lives and in the, the most little minute details of our lives, and he cares for us and, and he loves us. If we think about that, then guess what? We'll, we'll be more prone and more likely to engage him and to call upon him and to ask him for help and to seek him and to have a relationship. But if we think that he's just this you know, angry deity that's floating around who's just ready to strike us with a lightning bolt at the first mistake that we make. How many of you know we're going to run from a God like that? Yeah. Right? Because we don't want to walk around terrified like, is my next move going to get me, you know, killed? <laughs> Wiped off the face of the earth, you know? What we think about God, how we understand him, and what we believe about him is vital. And this year, I want you to not forget about God. Judges 8.34, the Israelites did not remember the Lord their God who had rescued them from the hand of the enemies around them. Isaiah 51.13 says, but you have forgotten the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. And see, it's not just God's, uh, the wicked people that forget about God. It's also his own people. Over and over in the Bible, one of the things that, has, that, that makes God angry or that upsets God is when his people forget about him. We see this cycle over and over. How many of the, the, the leaders of Israel and Judah, you know, it says that this leader would, would serve God. They, they were mindful of God. They would follow God. And then the next one would come in and just totally forget about God and turn to idols and turn to other things. And there was this cycle that kept playing out because of the people's choices. We can do the same thing. We're no different. We have to be intentional about thinking about God. And having him truly be the center of our life and prioritizing him. Psalm 50.22 said this, Understand this, you who forget God, or I will tear you apart and there will be no one to rescue you. That's pretty strong language. This is the psalmist Asaph referring to, uh, this is God's warning uh, in the verses ahead. He's talks, talking about the wicked and how they just have no regard for God. They do things as if God can't see and there's no consequences and, and they can just get away with whatever they want to do and all their wickedness. But God says, look, you go ahead and forget about me, but I'm telling you, there'll come a time when you're going to have to pay. Right? Because our God is just. You can't just go and live your life. Some of you think, you know, well, I'm, God's just not really watching what I'm doing. Oh, yes, he is. He sees everything. Even the stuff we try and hide in secret, God sees it. And I can tell you, whether you're, whether you're serving God or not serving God, he, he sees everything that we do. And that really shouldn't, thank you, Siri, for some help. <laughs> that really shouldn't, it shouldn't scare us, but it should give us some pause to be a little more mindful. Siri needs to hear the Bible too, so. But this really should give us it should have us stop and think about how we're living our life. Are we living it the way God says, or are we just on our own? Think about God. The second thing is his covenant. Don't forget his covenant. See, it's great that God exists and that he cares about us, but that wouldn't matter as much until we know about his covenant. Do you know, this is a word that we don't use a lot anymore, even when people talk about marriage, they don't often say the marriage covenant, but that's really what it is. It's God has made a covenant with us. That means he's made a commitment to his people that he says he'll never break. Come on, that's good news. I know people break relationships all the time, right? People who say they're committed one day and six months later they, they walk away, you know, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a, a friendship, whether it's family, and they, don't, and, and they just break 
because their commitment wasn't strong. Can you, do you know that God's commitment to you is unbreakable? If you're going to have a separation from God, it's going to be on you. He doesn't walk away from us. He doesn't forsake us. He doesn't just leave us and abandon us. He is committed to us. That's great news. The one who formed us and made us and made this entire world is committed to us. Starting with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and, and that covenant extends all the way to us through Jesus Christ. When you put your faith in Christ, you are now a part of that covenant that God has made. It's powerful. Don't forget his covenant. 2 Kings 17 says this, You are to be careful always to observe the statutes, the ordinances, the law, and the commandments he wrote for you. Do not fear other gods. Do not forget the covenant that I have made with you. Do not fear other gods, but fear the Lord your God, and he will rescue you from all of your enemies. He will rescue us from all of our enemies. It's powerful stuff. Next, I don't want you to forget, don't forget his word. Don't forget his word. Psalm 119.16 says this, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. In 119.9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. Two, more, two verses down. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. See, David, whom the Bible says was a man after God's own heart, one of the reasons I believe that, that David was, in fact, a man after God's own heart is because he had this insatiable desire to please God. And he knew that the only way he could do that was to treasure God's word, to understand God's word, to know how to live his life in a way that God says is pleasing. We can't please God on our own, right? We've got to know what God asks of us if we're going to do that and then please him. And David was passionate about that, even when he made mistakes. And David made huge mistakes. Anybody in here have made huge mistakes in your life? Oh, four people? Man, I, we're, we're off and running. But we've all made huge mistakes. But here's the thing. When we make those mistakes, what is the posture of our heart? Is it to go, man, God, I, I did not mean to let you down. I did not mean to go against your word and be disobedient. I know that that hurts you, God, and, and I don't want to live my life hurting you. I want to please you. Or are we just like, you know what? Yeah, I made a mistake, so what? You ever been around people like that? Yeah, I messed up. You messed up too, so what of it? We've got to own that. But David treasured God's word. The only way that you can have God's word come to remembrance is if you put it in your heart. So I've asked Christians this before. How much of, of the Bible would you know if you no longer could have a Bible? If you no longer could just pull up your app and you know, how many scriptures would you actually have to live on the rest of your life? I can tell you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on that one. Because I know the state of our country in a lot of ways. The literacy, Bible literacy rate is, is just plummeted in our, in our country. It's one of the reasons why I love we're doing this year of the Bible in 2023. And if you haven't picked up the devotional, uh, you know, look into that. Make this a year that you commit 
to, to not only reading God's word, but studying it, getting it in your heart, letting it change you. Come on, the, the, the people who have walked with God for a long time will tell you there's a point when you're reading your Bible and you start realizing that your Bible's reading you. Come on, that's a good place to be in. That means your heart is soft. That means you're open to God changing you. You're not just reading it to check your box, you know, like I did my January 1st reading. Of the... Come on, because we can all do that. We can all sign up for our Bible reading in three months or 90 days or a year or whatever. But more than just checking the box, ask God even before you start to read it, before you start to listen to it. Say, God, let your word change me. Let your word get deep into my life. So much so that it starts to change my thinking, which then ultimately changes my behavior. I'm going to move on, but I could stay here for a while. The next thing is don't forget his commands. And I'm going to tell you, this right here is where a lot of us and a lot of Christians get hung up. There's a lot of Christians who are like, yes, I believe in God and I believe he loves me. And, and if you ask him if they believe that they're in a covenant relationship with God, they'll say, yes, I am. I know that he's for me and, and he's never going to leave me or forsake me. And then if you ask him, well, do you read your Bible? Yes, I, I read my Bible. I know the promises that God has for me. I know the, the great things that he says, like in Jeremiah 29, 11, that the plans that he has for me. But then they get to this part where they realize God actually has commands that he has for us. Do you know that God has the right to tell us what to do? This is where a lot of Christians, I'm telling you, are flat stuck in their faith. Because they want all the promises of God, but they don't want to deal with when God gives them orders. Oh, it got quiet. And I know we live real close to a military town, so people know what orders mean. God is not just our Savior, He's our Lord, which means He gets to dictate and tell us what we should be doing, how we should be living our life. But I want to let you in on a great secret, in case you haven't discovered this already on your own. I remember God showing this to me, and it just changed my whole perception and attitude towards his, his laws and his statutes and his precepts and his commands. And it was this. Do you realize everything that God commands us to do is for our own benefit? Go through and read through. The, start with the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. How many know that's a good thing? Right? It benefits you when I don't steal from you. It benefits you and benefits, it benefits me when you don't lie to me. Or when you, you don't cheat on me or when you don't, you know, everything that God commands us to do is literally for our own good. Just like any parent, that's, any loving parent, you don't tell your kids what to do just because you can. Just because you, I'm going to show you how authoritative I am in your life and I'm your. No, you tell your kids not to play in the street so they don't get smashed by a truck. Right? You tell them not to, you know, take the little, uh. I don't even know why this came to my mind, but you tell them not to poke stuff into the outlet so they don't get electrocuted, right? That's what God's doing with all of his commandments. I'm, he's trying to tell us how to live a life that's fulfilling and is great and will go well with us. When he tells us to give, when he tells us to sow, it's, it's not because he needs our money, right? It's because he knows we need to not let our money be an idol in our life. And we need to be free so that he can bless us. Because the more we give, the more God gives to us. I'm telling you, I'm ready. I don't know if y'all are ready for 2023. I'm ready. Psalm 119 says this. I wander like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commands. 
Some of us have an obedience problem. And can I just tell you, you will stay stuck in every aspect of your life until you learn to obey God's word. You know, my wife and I have talked, and we talk about, because you see people that, you know, split up, and marriages, they go seven years and split up, or they go 15 years and split up, and all this stuff, and, and, and here's the thing, and there's no condemnation on anybody who's been divorced. I'm just giving you all an illustration, a point, but we've talked about, and I've, and, and I've told her, I said, listen, I'm committed to you, but I'm more committed to God, and he says that you don't quit on marriage. And so you don't have to worry about me just getting upset with you and just quitting because I have a higher authority that I answer to. I'm submitted to God in that area. And so I'm not just going to have some emotional breakdown and just be like, I'm just done with you. You don't do everything I like you wish you would do. <laughs> no. I understand I want to live my life that way, and I, I'm going to have to answer for it. There's some people that think that the blood of Jesus just washes away everything, and, and then there's not going to be any consequences. I don't know who told you that lie, but that's not how it works. Y'all know about David, who we were just talking about. Messed up with Bathsheba, right? Cost him a son. That's so mean of God. He said he was sorry. You're right. Sorry doesn't mean there's not, always con- there's, there's not consequences. How many know those two gentlemen that were hanging on the cross next to Jesus? They got saved in that moment, but Jesus didn't tell them to go, oh, they're, they're good now, guys. Take them back off the cross. Sometimes there's still consequences. Sometimes God's mercy, he does do away with the consequence. But there's times when a loving heavenly father will still make you endure the consequence of your mistake. That's just... How it works. Okay. I'm going to cheer you up, though. This next thing. Don't forget his benefits. They're like, please, can we pick it back up? (laughs) Psalm 103, 2 through 5 says this. My soul, bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. Come on, you can read over that list again. He forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit. You and I were destined to hell. We don't want to talk about that a whole lot because we don't want to bum people out. But can I tell you, you have to know the reason why you need a Savior. Because you're going to hell if you don't give your life to Jesus Christ. If you don't accept his payment for your sin. If I don't accept his sacrifice and his payment for my sin, I am going to hell. What kind of church did I walk into? (laughs) I'm telling you the truth. But these benefits. See, these aren't. The benefits that we like to look for, like, give me that, you know, expense account. Give me, give me that company car. Give me that, you know, super vacation. Give me that end of year bonus so I can, you know, buy the pool, like, whatever his name was in National Lampoon. <laughs> so often, we're, we're always looking for material benefits. 
And we forget the eternal benefits that God has given us that are available to us every single moment of every single day. His mercy. Do you know that his mercy was new this morning when you woke up? And that Bible tells me that he heals all of your diseases. Do you know anybody who's sick? Do you believe God's word? You need to get in that room with them if you can and say, listen, I know what, what the doctors are looking at and what they're saying. I see the facts, but how many know the facts don't stop God? And I don't get into this whole thing where we got to pretend, you know, well, that's not really the truth about the situation. No, my stepdad has cancer right now. And I'm not going to go around pretending that he doesn't really have it and try and live in denial. Because, listen, there's no testimony without a test. And so you can't go brag about God healing something if you never acknowledge the fact that you had something you needed healing from. But I'm believing that God's going to heal all of his disease. And here's what I'll tell you. By, whether it's by medicine or by miracle, God gets the glory no matter what. Because I love that God has given doctors the brilliant minds to be able to understand and use and apply medicine. That's a godly thing. And so I don't discredit. I'm not one of these weirdos. It's like, well, God heals. You just sit on the side, doctor. No, God uses people. And yes, if people don't have the answer, then I, I believe we got another level we can go to. Where we can call upon the one who says right here that he heals all of our diseases. Y'all ready for a good year? And the last thing I want to end on. The last thing I don't want you to forget this year is his works. What God has done for you. You know, next to not forgetting him each and every day, and I mean it, we need to prioritize time for God every single day. But this right here will keep our perspective right. When we remember where we were before Jesus, when we remember the times that he has answered prayers, that he has come through, When we remember what he's done, the, the very fact that, like it says, he redeems us from the pit. When you stop and remember that, yeah, I don't have everything that I think or hope for in my life right now. But you know what? If I take my last breath today, I know I'm going to heaven to spend eternity with him. And that's enough reason to come in here with a praise, with a song, ready to worship, ready to live your life for him. That doesn't matter as much as it should to a lot of people because we don't talk about what hell is enough. And we don't talk about the consequences of sin and our lifestyle enough to remember how great it is that what Jesus did for us, which we could never do on our own, is so powerful. Psalm 78, 11 said, they forgot what he had done. The wondrous works he had shown them. In 106.13, they soon forgot his works and would not wait for his counsel. Come on, you read through the stories and you'll see over and over, God's people would just forget. You know, the Israelites out in the wilderness complaining. Why'd you bring us out here, Moses, so we could just die? Right after they literally just had God 
save them, pull them out of slavery for 400 years in Egypt. They forgot what it was like making bricks with straw and mud or whatever they were using. They forgot what it felt like to be a slave. And the fact that he opened up the Red Sea for them to walk into this wilderness, they forgot all about that. How quick do you and I forget what God has done for us? I'm not mad. I'm just passionate. Because I'm in the same boat. I can do it so easily. I can forget what God has done for me. And just start whining about stuff that I don't have today or my circumstances in this or whatever. And it's like, God's like, hello, do you, you not realize? Count up all the things that I've done for you in the last 43 years. The times with your, you know, I grew up with a single mom. And the, the times that we didn't know where our next groceries were going to come from. We didn't know where school clothes were going to come from. And every single time God showed up. But we forget. I love this other story with Elijah. And I'm going to go a little over. Is that okay? Yeah. It's only one service. You'll be fine. <laughs> Even Elijah has this moment where he's up against 450 prophets of Baal. And it's all about we're going to find out who the one true living God is. And so you can go read the story. I read over it again this morning. It just gets me fired up every time. But they, are, they come to this moment and, and all these prophets of Baal are doing all their stuff and they're dancing and they're, you know, we got kids in here, but they're harming themselves all in this attempt to like invoke their God to, to come consume the sacrifice that they laid out for them. And nothing's happening. And it goes from morning till night. And, and Elijah's finally, he's just, he's just over there mocking them. You know why? Because he knows his God's going to come through. So he's sitting there going, oh, he must be on a trip. Maybe your God's gone. He's on a trip right now. Or maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you need to wake him up. I wish we had some Christians this year that were so bold enough that they could walk around knowing. You put your faith. What did you expect to happen? You put your faith in that crap? You put your faith in, in this lesser thing and you wonder why it ain't working out, why it ain't coming through for you? You get what you got. Serving a God that has, no, has ears but can't hear, eyes but can't see, hands but can't do nothing. You're right your God ain't coming through for you. Because it ain't a God at all. But I know one that can. So Elijah, after all this hullabaloo, he's like, listen, make this altar, set it all up. Now just douse it with water. Not once, not twice, three times. Get it all down. Get it so that it would take the most amazing act of fire to consume it. And then he calls upon his God. Show him. Show him, God. Show him that, I, that you sent me and that you're the real deal. And what happens? He comes and he consumes it all. It even says the stones. How many of you have seen a rock burn up before? I've never seen a rock burn up. God burned it all up. But here's what happened. The next day, that's right, you need to picture it. The next day, Ahab runs back to tell Jezebel, and Jezebel's furious, and she's like, you better send a message and let him know by this time tomorrow that I'm going to kill him. And Elijah runs for his life. He just saw God come through in one of the most powerful demonstrations any human has ever witnessed God come through on in all of eternity. 
And now he's running from one lady who's mad. Now listen, some of y'all, well, y'all know. Some ladies, you cross them like, I can understand that. I can understand. Listen, don't tick off no ladies in here. But, but I'm just saying, how do you forget what just happened? And now you're afraid of one person? We forget. Thank you for playing longer than you planned. I'm almost done, I promise. Here's the last thing. Psalm 77, 11 through 12 says, I will remember. Somebody say, I, I will, will remember, remember the Lord's works. The Lord. Yes, I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. The Israelites had a practice of this. And you can read this one particular moment when God leads them across the, the Jordan River. And it says they stack up stones. And they would do this. They would stack up stones as a, as a means to remember what God had done right there in that moment in that place. And so every time others would pass by, they would see those stones and they would remember what God had done. I'm going to give you some homework today. Is that okay? I want you to take a moment. And I'm going to do this as well. I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not doing. But I really felt like God said to do this. Go home and take five minutes, ten minutes, and write down everything that God has done for you that you can think of. And keep that list. And all throughout this year, add to it. Every time God comes through for you. Every time he answers that prayer. Or he comforts you when you didn't get the answer you thought he would give you. We don't do this in our culture anymore. We don't remember stuff. We're just on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Social media is the worst about it. We're so fascinated by the new. The next, the biggest, the newest. But I tell you, what will sustain you is remembering. Take the time. I'm telling you. You want to talk about people who have mental health issues? Start thinking about all that God has done for you. It'll help with your mental health. It'll help with your perspective. I want to pray for you. I'm done. And here's what I'm going to give you. I'm not going to go longer with this for the sake of time. But I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ today. To start this year off on the right foot, in the right way. He loves you. He cares for you. Jesus and Jesus alone brings true meaning and purpose to our life. Excuse me. And so maybe you're in this room. I don't know where you're at in your faith, but maybe you've never given your life. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Come on, do it today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You don't, we're not promised tomorrow. But you can know him today. You can start your walk, your journey of faith with God today. And maybe some of you are in this room and, and you've said the prayer before. You've surrendered your life to Christ. But truly, you've been living. He's been your Savior, but he hasn't been your Lord. And you've just been living life on your own terms and in your own way. By your own rules. And that, that fourth thing we talked about, you've forgotten about his commandments and how he says to live. But today, you're seeing that, no, I need to and I want to. 
I'm going to ask you to say this prayer and recommit your life to him. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, and you're in one of those two places, and you're ready to take your faith more serious than you ever have in your life, I want you to slip your hand up. One, two, three. Thank you for that hand. If there's any others, this is the best decision any of us will ever make in our life. The Bible says that angels rejoice when even one person gives their life to Jesus. There's a ruckus going on in heaven because you've said yes to Jesus. Let me pray for you, and I'm asking all of you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sin, to take my place on that cross that I might have the opportunity to know you, to be in covenant relationship with you. I don't want to forget about you, God. I want to prioritize you this year in my life every single day. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.